travellers and welcome to podcast 67 in our series You Should Have Been There with me Simon Calder and me Mick Webb. Our subject today is Destination Roulette, the great travel game of chance because the government is going to be deciding over the next few days which countries we will be allowed to go to after the 17th of May and of course where we can't go to. And I think, Simon, you've been working hard to second-guess them, haven't you? I have, Mick. Um, It used to be so simple, if you remember, before the pandemic era. um, You'd have questions like, will it rain? What currency do I need? Well, I need a visa. But now there's so much more to consider, in particular, how much quarantine might I need to do when I return. And we'll be talking about this extraordinary traffic light system that dictates all that. And I've also been hearing from a business travel specialist, Carolyn Pearson. I don't think it's going to hit the levels that it was at for for an awful long time. And, you know, my specialism, I guess, is duty of care. And so employers have got to be extremely cautious in terms of making sure that they're not putting their staff at risk. Well, more on the game of travel destination roulette in a minute. But um, first of all, I'd like to clear up where exactly you are. I detect you're not in your um, studio bedroom or bedroom studio. Are you at the tail end of a legal or illegal rave? No, and it's not even the tail end of a legal or an illegal journey. I'm halfway through a complicated trip. Um, which involves me being right now in the sunshine outside Swindon Railway Station in Wiltshire. Well, it certainly sounds fun. Uh, Well, fun is certainly one description. And of course, um, as we discovered a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about twinning, um, Swindon twinned with Walt Disney World in Florida. Uh, Currently off the agenda, but Swindon definitely isn't. Um, And it's uh, simply one of the great nodes of travel on the railways of the UK. And uh, I've got one hour um, here before I um, have to continue my westward journey. So uh, much to discuss before the next train west. So basically get a move on and cut to the chase, etc. Okay, well, I've got (laughs) um, a couple of tweets from um, uh, listeners arising from our chat last week uh, with nuclear scientist Dr. Claire Corkill about the ethics of visiting places like Chernobyl as tourists and um, uh, G-Bax Scotland sent the following uh, tweet. Is the benefit of commercialising it that you do it in a controlled, safe and secure manner with proper, knowledgeable guides, etc.? similar to um, Auschwitz tours. And people will always be intrigued to learn about the past. It certainly was um, very professional, very knowledgeable and very controlled in a good way. And uh, Dr Philip Stone tweeted, I went there in 2019 and definitely glad that I did it. The surrounding countryside is amazing. It's a time capsule of 35 years ago. Definitely recommend a day trip. And, And presumably that's from... Kiev, is it? It is, yes, and it's all very well organised. Um, you have to book quite significantly in advance and give them all your details, and you, you can be pretty sure that your passport will be run through various uh, databases to make sure that you're a, a reasonable person to go there. And as we heard from uh, Dr. Clark Corkill last week, you can actually stay overnight 
as well. Um, and she promises that you won't get any more radiation than you would do on the flight from the UK across to Kiev. Well, there we are. The roulette wheel sound effect is earning its keep this week. But tell us, Simon, what is actually going on with foreign travel? Well, at the moment, of course, it is illegal to leave the UK for non-essential purposes. So anybody thinking of going on holiday or going to see a loved one they haven't seen for many months or maybe a year or more simply isn't allowed to do so. If you turn up at Gatwick or Manchester Airport, hope to get on a flight somewhere, you will be facing a fixed penalty of £5,000. Now, what we know is that that ban on travel is going to stop on the uh, 17th of May from England. It may or may not have the uh, same effect in Wales, Northern Ireland and Scotland. We will find out soon enough from those countries. So you will be allowed to go abroad. But just being able to go abroad is only part of the... uh, a very complex machine of of many moving parts. So uh, does the destination country actually want you? And a lot of Mediterranean countries are saying, yeah, we're sort of opening up in June, um, but we are going to see a bit of a a kind of arms race where you'll get some countries saying, no, we will take you from the 17th of May onwards. Um, And then critically coming back, The government is going to, uh, we think on Friday the 7th of May, um, tell everybody what countries are in which categories from the point of view of what you have to do when you come back to the UK. This is the so-called traffic light system. And the Transport Secretary, Grant Shapps, has got his colouring crayons out and he will be colouring in the map and saying, right, these countries are red which means you have to um, as now with red list countries go into 11 nights of hotel quarantine for a cost of 1750 pounds these are amber so that will be 10 days of self-isolation plus a couple of tests um and if you take a third test halfway through you can kind of escape the self-isolation assuming it's negative and then there's the fabled green countries these are the quarantine-free places where when you come back, you won't need to go into self-isolation. You will, though, need a test before you leave wherever you are for Britain, by uh, plane, by train, by ship. And you'll also need to take a PCR test when you get back within the first couple of days. But uh, for many people, they will put up with the testing requirements. They simply don't or can't um, self-isolate. So effectively, um, green means go. Uh, Can I just clarify something? Presumably, uh, there are also a whole number of countries which are completely banned. So they're a colour that is beyond red. Isn't that right? Oh, there's a dog. Yes. Right. Okay. We've got a dog issue here. Um, uh, Does it not like you or something? uh, No, it's... it's, 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 Does it want your breakfast? Oh, no, it's not like that. It wants its owner. Um, so the poor, poor animal is um, uh, tied up to a lamppost. I mean, perfectly, you know, legally, not, not unkindly, while its owner has gone into the branch of Costa, presumably to get some morning uh, requisites and um, will come out in a minute. So let me see if I can uh, uh, get, navigate the way through, through this. Um, so, yes. Uh, there should be another country. You're absolutely uh, another colour. 
yes um, he agrees too it should be gray and this is for it doesn't matter what color we make them because they're never going to let us in anyway and that would apply to places like in australia and new zealand where at the moment from either country you can go anywhere you want as long as it's the other one if you see what i mean they've got a, a travel bubble so yeah red amber green and gray and what about poor old india what color is that well that's red um as is neighboring bangladesh and pakistan how, how can that be true you mean you're actually allowed to go to india oh yes um, I, as, yeah. as long as as long as you self-isolate when you come back i mean as long as you as long as you book into a a, a quarantine hotel Yes, I'm not for a moment suggesting anybody does, but I did actually check the fares. I'm going on the Tuesday to British Airways, uh, flying non-stop to Mumbai, coming back a week later, um, is going to cost you £666, which isn't, isn't at all bad, I don't think. But obviously, nobody should be doing that at the moment. It wouldn't be great for them. It certainly wouldn't be great for you. Um, and I think India will be along with the other 39 countries on the red list at the moment they they form a natural red cohort and you'll be glad to know that the owner is now back um and some, yeah, so so things are yeah. picking up i think the owner is anyway good okay yeah, uh, yeah the, well, the dog anyway. is, is i can see a tail wagging <laughs> oh, don't, so perhaps the owner went in to get breakfast for the dog that's no, what, a nice, what a nice thought is it eating a <laughs> Uh, an almond it's, croissant or something. It's, it's not, no. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, look, we, so we've talked about the red wall of countries, if I can uh, mention yes. it. How about um, looking more on the bright side, the green list? Uh, presumably Greenland doesn't um, actually figure in that. Well, that's a great question. I think it should. Um, I, I haven't checked the uh, Greenland scores, but let me tell you how it's, um, uh, how, how it's calculated. There's six variables three of which have to be as high as possible and three have to be as low as possible um yes uh, okay uh, we've got uh, there's another visit out there oh I, uh, that was to get the um the panini um and now there's quite a drama playing out where uh, a, a friend of the dog has turned up i think and uh, oh we've got another dog over here crikey this is uh, uh yeah uh, yeah in, in, uh, we're in the middle of a a canine adventure here um let me let me pick up and tell you what the uh, the the things which should be as high as possible the vaccine rollout should be as uh, have jabbed as many people as possible the data should be as reliable as can be and there should be genomic sequencing capability um the things which need to be as low as possible are those variants of concern as well, of course, as the overall coronavirus infection rates. And critically, if you are thinking of going to the UAE or to Qatar, the number of passengers connecting through key airports, that has to be as low as possible. And we found out last month that the UAE and Qatar are red listed because they've got loads of people coming in from loads of places. And uh, um, poor old them, um, assuming that the government is um, uh, being accurate about that uh they won't be off the list well uh, for the indefinite future uh, all kinds of uh, uh, pressures at work and we will finally uh, find out um hopefully on friday well seeing as we're playing roulette uh, what would you put your money on well the I have literally put my money on Gibraltar in that I've booked a trip there because uh, if you've got a place which is 100% vaccinated effectively, uh, where there are zero cases, 
um, you can be pretty sure that they will be on the green list. They've also then got the converse thing of, well, do they actually want us there? And I think the very special relationship between um, the UK and that British overseas territory means that, um, yes, that, that's pretty safe. Uh, Israel, where they've had very successful vaccine rollouts, looks good. Iceland, very low infection rates. I think they will be there. Um, Malta did have some terrible, terrible numbers um, a month or so ago, but they've brought them down. They've got good uh, vaccines going on. And Portugal, which is the only European country ever to be on the red list, it managed to shake off that status, which um, very few others have managed. And it's now got very low infection rates. Um, the vaccines aren't going as quite as well as they might, but uh, if there were to be a mainstream country, then Portugal would be it. Right. Okay. Uh, what what uh, what would happen if um, uh, France unfortunately um, tipped over into the red, but you wanted to travel by car from the UK to Spain, which had uh, or Portugal, which had um, managed to be green? Uh, how would that work? Well, on any journey involving multiple nations, it's the most onerous restrictions that apply. Um, Incidentally, that's why flying from anywhere via Dubai to the UK automatically triggers hotel quarantine. Um, and passing through a high-risk country always makes you subject to the rules for that country, unless, oddly, you can do so without mingling in that nation. Um, and that has been very carefully and legally defined. So you're familiar, Mick, I know, with Eurotunnel from Folkestone to Calais. Um, yeah. There was a time last summer when... Uh, France was um, a quarantine country, but um, uh, Belgium and Germany weren't. And if you could drive through France without mingling, then you could drive straight on to uh, Eurotunnel and you would avoid quarantine. But if you're coming back by ferry, the government defined the time between parking your car in the inside the ferry in Calais, walking up the steps to get to the lounge as mingling and therefore you had to do two weeks quarantine. It's it's as um, uh, weird as that. Um, and uh, yeah, honestly, I, 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 I um, uh, th these these questions are just coming uh, thick and fast. We've got another one here. Um, just somebody tweeted uh, just now. Do you think the Canary Islands will be separated from mainland Spain? Um, this is from Julie. And well, Yes, and possibly no. Uh, we've seen this so-called islands policy last year where various Greek islands were rated as OK while um, the mainland wasn't. And we'll probably see the same thing happening with the Canaries, with the Balearics, with um, Madeira and the Azores and an assortment of, of Greek islands too. But it's just as yet more dimensions to the puzzle. Well, I'm I, sorry to mention this, but surely the Canary Islands should be... Um... Yellow, well, amber. Anyway, <laughs> well, um, shouldn't we, shouldn't we hear from our guest interviewee? I think we definitely should. Um, I've been talking to Carolyn Pearson, who is the founder of MaidenVoyage.com, whose purpose is making business travel safe in a diverse world. And she told me that travel is one of life's essentials, but not knowing where or when she might be able to go somewhere is simply sapping her spirit. For me, travel is like oxygen and I want people to travel. Um, but realistically, even, you know, 
me, even me looking at it, I'm thinking, is it worth it? Because actually, for me, I, I tend to book a trip about seven, eight months um, ahead. It's a big trip. I save up for it. I do lots of planning. And for me, the holiday starts once you've once you've booked it. You can start to get excited. You might buy a few things. You're working out what you're going to do when you get there. All of that build up. Um, and right now, you can't indulge yourself in that build up, can you? Because you don't know, is the trip going ahead? Will I have to cut it short? Will it cost me a fortune in tests? Uh, will the queues be massive and so I just don't have the appetite for all that uncertainty okay um and talking of of the um uncertainty um I'm very uncertain about what business travel is going to look like and that I is of course your specialism at uh, maidenvoyage.com um what what will change presumably um i'm talking to you here on a, a, a zoom link um that will replace an awful lot of trips that people used to make sadly yes for me i used to you know come to london and do two three days together packing about 21 meetings during those three days and of course, a lot of people have got this hybrid working style now. They're not going to be in the office. So therefore, that negates my need to go and pack in, you know, days of meetings in London. I do have a, a trip as soon as we can do, which is a multi-European destination trip where I'll be, you know, parachuted into various offices to do some travel safety training. Um, and I and I do hope that, you know, we can get some trips back to the US at some point, but it's I don't think it's going to hit the levels that it was at for, for an awful long time. And, you know, my specialism, I guess, is duty of care. And so employers have got to be extremely cautious in terms of making sure that they're not putting their staff at risk. Um, and how do they do that? I've, I've heard similar things, you know, companies not just wanting to save money, obviously, because there's going to be an economic hit, but um, just simply don't want to put their employees in danger. And the best way of doing that is to keep them all in their in their bedrooms on Zoom, isn't it? Well, 90%, I would say for people like me, actually, our mental well-being depends on that, that travel. And so actually by grounding some travellers, you might actually be doing them more harm than good. Um, and also, you know, it, it breeds creativity, doesn't it? And we all know better relationships. But you're, you're right. You know, you, there are certain things that you can and can't ask your employees. And if, for example, you've got a salesperson and their territory is Latin America, but Latin America is saying you can't come in unless you've had the vaccine and that person can't have the vaccine because of health um, reasons, then it's a really tricky, sticky situation. Um. Finally, in the post-COVID world, you, you are talking about duty of care, you're giving advice. What, what are your top travel tips that those of us, when we do begin travelling again on the 17th of May, what should we do in a post-COVID world to um, stay safe? Well, we, we've got to remember that it's not just COVID, right? Um, and I think with every um, disaster, there's always there's always an upside. And I think we've all learned to really look after ourselves a lot better. So I, I think I'm probably not going to be doing those 4am airport starts anymore. I'm going to go the day before. I'm going to wake up naturally um, if I can do. So bring in all those health and well-being things that we've introduced into our lives over the, over the last year uh, is one of my number one priorities. Um, don't overlook, of course, all the other risks. We've seen civil unrest 
West in the US, we've seen we're still seeing some terrorist attacks. So those things and nuts and bolts of travel safety um, still remain. But I think my number one tip has just got to be just be glad that you're back on the road again, embrace it with enthusiasm and just be happy that, you know, you can hear different voices, taste different food and smell different smells. Travel for all the senses indeed. That's Carolyn Pearson, whose splendid enterprise can be found at maiden-voyage.com. Well, I do share lots of Carolyn's views on travel, including that one about um, the excitement really of of going somewhere different and smelling different smells. It really does make such a difference. But would it be churlish of me to uh, question whether the whether travel to uh, other countries is actually necessary for our mental well-being? It certainly is, especially after the sort of year that we've just had. Um, very many people need some kind of escape. Um, I, I believe going abroad will energise you, it will relax you, it will enrich you. Um, and of course, all the benefits of international travel and tourism, like increasing international understanding, transferring wealth from richer countries to poorer countries, breaking down cultural barriers, those are really important. And travel remains the industry of human happiness. Yeah, well, fair point. Um, Carolyn did give us some very good advice, whether we're business travellers or ordinary travellers or just people waiting to travel. Um, And I would like to add to this, uh, it's some um, wise words from a different source, the splendidly opinionated Dr. Samuel Johnson. Um, And it was tweeted uh, earlier this week by the philosopher Emily Thomas. Ah, Okay, and it dates from 1782, and these were Dr. Johnson's travel rules for that year. Turn all care out of your head as soon as you mount the chaise. What's a chaise? I think it's a coach, as soon okay. as you get into the coach. So right. it would be as soon as, you, um, as soon as you go up the steps into the plane. Yes. Right? Okay. Do not think about frugality. Your health is worth more. Ah, Okay, I'm not sure that they're necessarily mutually exclusive, but carry on. No, but it means that uh, he would be with me um, on the need after a long day's walking in the Pyrenees to stay in a decent hotel rather than a particularly grotty hostel, which would be your um, decision, but um, not mine. Um, Yes. um, Oh, here's another one which is rather appropriate to our walking in the Pyrenees. Do not continue any day's journey to fatigue. Well, but that's impossible, Mick, as you know, if you've embarked on a journey and you've got to get to your destination and you're at 3,000 metres, then you have to continue to fatigue. Otherwise, um, uh, things will go very, very badly wrong. Here's the last one. Take now and then a day's rest. Cast away all anxiety and keep your mind easy. Well, I think... That kind of almost brings us full circle, doesn't it? This is the very simple reason why people want to get away and enjoy a bit of sunshine and great food and, as we heard, you know, the, the aromas of abroad. So, yes, I'm actually with Dr Johnson, and that was his 1782 travel rules. Did he bring out a new set every year? I don't know, but I really think that he should be on um, Grant Shapps's advisory panel. Um Uh, And here's another of the good doctor's comments. All travel has its advantages. If the traveller visits better (laughs) countries, he may learn to improve his own. And if fortune carries him to worse, 
he may learn to enjoy it. And he means, of course, the one he, the one you come from, you know, your country. Yes. Okay. Oh, that that's good. But unfortunately, you have to overlay that with the 2021 warning. Um, he may bring back something nasty. <laughs> yes. Well, how very true. Yes. And I don't think anybody would be um, advised to try and enjoy that. Of course, we are delighted to hear your personal travel philosophy and your advice to the listeners of You Should Have Been There. Of course, you can tweet us anytime at You Should Have BT, or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash You Should Have Been There and leave us an audio message, which we always love. Well, next week's podcast is going to be the rather delayed one of Around the World in 80 Delays. Uh, so do join us then. And I hope um, delays are not going to be any part of your onward journey, Simon. We shall see. You never know. It is. We're recording this on a Sunday and all sorts of things can happen. But uh, yes, delighted to hear any more stories of um, great delays that you have. Do uh, get in touch with us. But from now, from me, Simon Calder. And me, Mick Webb. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.